The Eufy Video Lock takes the place of separate smart locks, security cameras, and doorbells all in one simple to install unit. A Phillips screwdriver was all I needed. The Eufy 330 Video Lock took me 20 minutes to install and there is no hard wiring necessary as it's powered by a 4 month rechargeable 10,000 mAh battery. The Eufy Video Locks are complete with fingerprint technology, passcode entry, physical keys, and free local storage for crystal clear 2K video. There is absolutely no contract nor the need for costly monthly monitoring subscriptions. The free Wi-Fi driven iOS and Android compatible apps let you have full control over your new Eufy video lock system in just a few clicks. Convenience and security are extremely important and the Eufy video lock delivers on both. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Because as the host of Uncomfortable Podcast, you just never know who or what will wind up at your front door. Visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock and get yours now. That's eufy, E-U-F-Y. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converged into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight I have a father-son team. Son Josh Parsons, host of the Hide and Seek Archives podcast and researcher. And his father Todd is with us tonight. 
Todd is a researcher down in East Texas with a group known as TAPS, T-A-A-P-S. It stands for Texas Acknowledgement, Awareness, and Preservation of Sasquatch. Now, it's a long name, um, but I think it's extremely relevant, at least in my opinion, as TAPS is a no-kill group. And they pride themselves in working with other research groups and individuals, promoting the conservation of our wildlands and ultimately sharing the truth of these beings or creatures or whatever you consider them with the public. Gentlemen, welcome to Uncomfortable. Hey, thanks for having us. We're uh, looking forward to the show. Looking forward to speaking with you. Very happy. Yeah, thank uh, you so much. Very happy you guys could be with me tonight. Um, yeah, thank you. So Todd and I have, or uh, Josh and I have a little bit of a history uh, so far. He was involved with the Michigan Bigfoot Conference uh, this last July and will be uh, the pretty much the head of it uh, moving forward uh, coming up this July 30th. So uh, I'll be a vendor in, in that event and uh, looking forward to see what Josh is bringing to the table this year as far as speakers and, and what kind of excitement we'll have on, uh, on that day. Um, and then he's, uh, he's been just generous as hell with me as far as uh, putting up the uh, a sponsor, sponsorship for my Bigfoot and Brews by doing the, uh, the website for me. So very much uh, wanted to thank you in person on that. And uh, looking forward, this is uh, this is going to be a summer full of all kinds of uh, neat things for us. Uh, we've got yeah, the, yeah. we've got the HASA camp out with uh, the Gumshoe guy coming up early June. Uh, my event in September, your event there in uh, Chelsea, Michigan, in uh, end of July, and uh, man, it's just uh, things are rolling. We're having a good time. So, Todd. You're East Texas. Now, when I think East Texas Bigfoot, I'm thinking uh, near the border of uh, when you start talking about Area X. Um, Um, Oklahoma, South, Southern Oklahoma, Area X. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I live in the Houston area, um, but a lot of our research is in Sam Houston National Forest, which is north. Uh, north of Houston, mm-hmm. uh, it's considered right on the edge of East Texas. But we get up and do uh, we get up to the Big Thicket, um, as well as up to the Cattle Grasslands, um, and all along the uh, the Louisiana border. So we're probably as far as Area X. We're probably still maybe a I'd say maybe a hundred hundred or so miles. I could be farther up to the Honubi area and all, and all that. Uh, I've actually done some research up in Oklahoma as well. Okay. But we hit. I say majority of our majority of our our work is Sam Houston and uh, and Big Thicket, and as well as private properties. We do uh, we do get invited to private properties. There 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 is a quite a bit of activity along the, the East Texas and Louisiana border um, on uh, on private lands, and 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 we have people that reach out to us. And uh, we do we do research on those properties as well. Um, well let me ask you something real quick. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you two things, and one okay. I, one I'm I'm guessing we're going to be able to get past really quick. 
Um, okay. and, and I'm going to ask this for a specific listener that I have who uh, has a has a penchant for this subject. And okay. uh, he, <laughs> since you're that that near to the Louisiana border, um, I have a listener that is uh, very much. Uh, interested in the dog man phenomenon and uh, he he asked me about it quite readily kim this goes out to you bud um any any indications out there that there's anything to do with this uh, this cryptid? i uh, i uh i have not we have not really seen anything i've heard i've heard rumors and i've heard reports every once while in the big thicket area of course the big thicket has a lot of strange <laughs> strange phenomena that happens. Um, but personally, not, I don't think anybody um, in our group has, has experienced them. I know that they're very, very, it's very prominent up in where Joshua is at and so forth. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing that we've seen to indicate that they're down here. What's your take on, on the subject of dog, man? Do you think it's misidentification uh, I, of, of a Sasquatch? Do you think it's, uh, uh imaginations I th- I running, running rampant or, uh, yeah, I, I think they're their own, their own species. I mean, I, um, there may be some relationship, you know, I've, I've heard, heard of reports of them, uh, actually running with Sasquatch. I've heard other reports of people saying that they don't get along, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure, but I think they're, I think they're a different entity. And, um, I'm, I, uh, I kind of follow the, the DNA, uh, project and so forth. And, um, Melba in that group mm-hmm. sure. and, and, uh, and I've been out and done research with some of the team that has provided, uh, evidence for that DNA project. And of course you probably know the whole story on that, but, um, uh, my understanding is she does, they do have, uh, she does have some, she's still doing stuff on the side. Of course, she's kind of gotten out of the, you know, the mainstream with all the mess that went down and right, so forth. Sure. But, and, but you're, and you're saying she, you're saying she's actually still involved to some extent with, she's, do, she's doing it on a personal level. I think she has people she's doing it with and, and she's still, you know, they have their website and they're, she said any new findings, any things that they find there, they're going to put on that website that they have. But she, they supposedly have a, a dogman spec or DNA from some type of provided uh, specimen that was from a dogman. Really? And I don't know the details on it, but last I heard and was that there's some relationship in the DNA between what they found on the Sasquatch and dogman. I don't know what it is, though. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited. To, I'm really curious to, to to hear what that's all about. Yeah, because that's a that's a subject to me that um, you know, uh, there's there's a couple of podcasts that that pretty much just strictly go with dogman encounters, and and I find it, and this this is so this is so hypocritical of me because I'm I'm so so believing and so knowing of of bigfoot and sasquatch um yet when i hear the dog man it it kind of puts me on my ear a little bit and and i if anything if anything to me it almost seems that it would be something of a of a of a supernatural um type being versus versus a, a flesh and blood um you know i mean i don't know 
but yeah, uh, you know, I mean, well, when you listen to all the reports, I mean, it's hard to deny that many reports. It's just like Sasquatch. Exactly, when you, have, yeah. you know, if you got ten people reporting something, that's one thing. But when you got hundreds and hundreds of people that are reporting these things, yeah. and some of the same phenomena that are encountering, it's kind of hard to to deny some of the strange phenomena right. that follows that yeah. that uh, a subject. Um, and 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 even in the Sasquatch subject, even some of my team members have experienced some very strange. Uh, phenomena such as lights and so forth, yeah. especially in the big thicket area. I was I was curious. I was I was going to get into uh, what your what your perception of 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 some of the woo aspects are. If you guys experience uh, some of the weird stuff out there, you know, I know some some guys they they don't want to talk about it at all because there's no way to quantify, you know, yeah. seeing a light in the in the woods. But you know if you see a light in the woods and it shouldn't be there and there's no known source of that light, then, yeah, you know, it, well, I haven't experienced it personally, but I know two of the team members at different times that have experienced a, it's like a light bulb got turned on outside. You don't, you, there's no source. You don't see where the light's coming from, but it's like, it's like daylight for just a second and then back dark. It, it's dark again. Yeah. And I've heard other people report similar stuff, but, but uh, there's there's guy on my team that experienced it or several that experienced it in big picket and i know some people on another group we interact with a, a lot of the other research groups down here um because and we'll have get togethers where the, the other research teams will join us and and, and we'll do stuff together mm-hmm. and um, some of the guys on the other teams have have mentioned a similar type uh, uh phenomenon in uh san houston national forest as well yeah, that's a it's a bizarre it's a bizarre aspect that um, that, that seems to follow this uh, phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know when you're trying to when you're trying to convince people that even a Sasquatch exists or a Dogman, well, when you start throwing in some of these woo aspects, I think a lot of people are probably hesitant to even mention that because you're already trying to convince people that there's something out there that they are they don't believe in, and then you go in and start saying this, you know, tell them some of this other stuff you've experienced. And they're like, <laughs> it's right. really hard to get people to buy in. But, um, I have, I have experienced and, and I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but I have experienced the eye glow multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, have other guys have experienced the eye glow. I've never experienced red or green or any other colors, but just clear. But I know guys that have experienced the red eye glow and, you know, the, the self illuminating, I, I don't know what that means. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a, uh, supernatural or anything, but yeah, it could be good. some form of bioluminescence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or if their eyes are as adept at, at seeing in the darkness, um, it, it would make, it would make sense that their, the structure of their, their eye is, is letting in as much natural ambient mm-hmm. light as possible. And if it's reflecting off the back part of the eye, then it, it would, it would certainly, seem that it, it would appear as a, some sort of illumination. Definitely. So, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's interesting that you, you brought up the eye shine cause you know, there, you have, you have a varied amount of different colors, you know, you got the, the amber to, to, to blood red to, you know, blue and greens and, and some more on the, on the whitish side, uh, lighter yellow to, to white. And, uh, uh one of my listeners tonight, um, messaged me on Facebook and he had, somebody had messaged him a couple of older, uh, Bigfoot documentaries, I guess, maybe TV shows, um, that I had 
you know, it, the name of it sounded familiar, but I actually watched it before I came on with you guys. And uh, I had obviously never seen it before. It was almost filmed as a, it was called the legend of the legend of Bigfoot. And it was from 1975. And uh, it, it was, it was filmed like a, one of the old nature shows, you know, basically it was all just a bunch of beautiful scenery and everything with a guy narrating over the top of it. And it was his, uh, it was his search for and tracking of uh, a Bigfoot. And he even brought up near the very end of it. He brought up having witnessed the the glowing eyes and had no experience. And, you know, so I wasn't sure that it, that was something that had been uh, kind of more prevalent in the in the newer, uh, you know, in the last thirty years as far as reports and stuff. So you know, going back to seventy five, uh, it was confirmation again that uh, that people do see these eyes and they do That's- look illuminated. That's interesting. I, yeah, and I'm sure I've seen that show, but I might have just forgot about that. But that well, one, Peter, was that Peter Peter Byrne? Was that that one Peter Byrne that narrated that? Was it? Or do you know? I don't know. I'd have to go back I, and look at the credits. But I, uh, I do Peter, know Peter did a lot. Uh, I do know that I had, even though it sounded familiar, and when I saw the the screenshot of the um, the, I guess the trailer. Uh, it looked familiar, but when I had watched it, it, it became pretty apparent to me that I had never seen it before. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not experienced down here in Texas, but sometimes I wonder uh, when you hear people talk about seeing lights or seeing, um, I, I mean, I've heard people report lights, but them saying that they're not very, they weren't very bright. Well, sometimes I wonder if they're not seeing some of that eye glow because the eye glow I experienced was not always, it was almost like a starlight. It was, they would get brighter. They would get dimmer. Um, they would even have a, like a glitter effect to them sometimes just for a second or sparkling effect yeah. to them for a second and they'd get bright. And sometimes I wonder if people aren't experiencing that. I mean, we would watch them in Oklahoma. We would know they were coming down to see us um, coming down from the mountain because Sometimes you get a glimpse of when their eyes would get bright for a second as they walk down the mountain. Every once in a while, you get a glimpse of it through the trees, you know, from pretty good ways. It's, yeah, it's crazy. But we would know they were coming. We'd know they were coming down. So I don't know if it's just specific. Maybe they don't all have that capability or, or I don't know. I haven't experienced it down here, but it's also hard to spot. The guy I was out with had been doing that for years, and he was very good at spotting the eye. And it, it, you know how you uh, the stuff glows in the dark and you, <clears throat> Look, look straight at it. You don't see it, but when you look to the left or right of it, you kind of see it. It yeah. was almost kind of like that when trying to spot, trying to spot it. Sometimes when it was real dim, once you spotted it and got your eye fixated on it, then you could see both eyes and you could see them move around. You could just once you identified that, were easy to stay on. Right. But sometimes they're hard to see right away because it was so. Yeah, it was it was weird, but um, but then then every once in a while, one of them. Would, it would get real their eye one it might be one eye would get real bright just for a second as you we'd watch them sometimes it'd be like a sparkling fan get bright for a second and then it would get dim again you know i guess and that kind of uh it kind of makes sense with if if there is some reflective property to the back of their eye um, yeah. in in certain uh certain motions of their head or a certain way they turn or twist you might get more of the reflection than you yeah know, at, Rather than having like a light bulb inside their eyes, you know, that's constantly yeah, glowing. Yeah, maybe so. you know, 
maybe they were picking up from the stars or something. I mean, it was, it, you know, we were in the woods, but we did, you know, I, I think we had a, a fire going. So I don't know if that could have, could have been something like that, but some of it we spotted, you know, it was uh, it was pretty dark out there. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have lights. We weren't using lights. I mean, we, we would getting out there, but then we cut them off. Well, let's pull your son. Uh, let's pull your son, Josh in and, uh, tell me, um, you know, how, how did you get this poor guy <laughs> involved? At what age did, uh, did he start showing an interest in, uh, kind of following in your footsteps with, uh, with investigation and stuff? You know, I, so I started at a young age. I followed Peter Byrne. I followed all the seventies and all the shows, the search. So I always had interest. So I talked about it a lot. I read about it even as an adult. So we, we always had discussions about it. So I think both my, my sons had started developing an interest in it because my youngest son who lives down here also goes out in the field with me and he's, he's very interested. Um, but I think what really triggered it for all of us, um, was we went when we went on our first backpacking trip to Sam Houston and we we had uh we heard the whoops and they were we had three of them around us all night whooping doing the really? typical whoop all night yeah and I had picked that area because I knew there'd been some sightings and and so we we got some backpacking equipment and we decided to take a backpacking trip um, not really expecting to to have you know any kind of experience but uh, the first time out I mean it, right at dark it started up. And, uh, and how old was Josh? See, that was an 07, Josh. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> yeah, 13, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so, so. so as a 13-year-old out there, it, it, let's, let's go from, the, uh, from both standpoints here. From a 13-year-old experiencing that, um, I want to hear what, what you thought about that. And then from the father's standpoint, at, well, at what point? At what point does a father think, mm, maybe I shouldn't be putting my kids in, in this situation? Well, I, I remember it pretty, viv- pretty vividly. Um, that, that's, one, that's one experience that I'll never forget. <clears throat> I remember the backpacking out there. We really enjoyed hiking out there, the scenery. I had brought my fishing pole with me just to see if I catch anything out of the random creeks and, and lakes that, that you find out there. Um, but like my father said, uh, he was always interested in the subject, so we both kind of followed the subject. So so we always uh, watched the documentaries or uh, – uh, I won't say listen to podcasts, but uh, we, we, we visited the BFR w- our website a lot um, when it when it first came out. Um, so basically when the sun started setting, we heard the first whoop. And I remember me and my dad looking at each other immediately. And I know his eyes were a little bigger, and I'm sure mine were. <laughs> And we recognized that sound immediately from the research we had done prior, just out of interest. And then, of course, more followed afterwards. And me, being into the subject and being a kid, I've heard a lot of the bad and the good. So uh, we, we were in a little tent, and I didn't... I was nervous. I kept the fire going all night. I didn't really sleep. But... You know, I can tell you for a fact that this went on all night long. Yeah. 
Um, and it stopped right before sun, sunrise. You know, now for uh, myself at 13, I probably would have been, uh, I'd have, it'd have been running down the back of my leg <laughs> at that point. And he, uh, he was a little nervous. Yeah. I, I think, I think the, the, the good, so the thing about the, the whoops, they didn't, they didn't seem threatening. They weren't threatening sounding at all. It was almost like they were just letting each other know they, I'm over here. I'm watching them from over here. What are you doing? I'm, and the other one's whooping like, you know, right, yeah. I'm watching them from back here. So when we first started, my perspective was, okay, do we stay? Do we need to get out of here or what? So we sat there and kept listening and they never got any more, um, threatening sounding it they 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 were pretty much the same um sounded the same all night so i never felt threatened by it so i didn't really cross my mind that well are we putting ourselves in any kind of bad situation but at first i i, I first I, I was definitely questioning it yeah but as as things and of course by then we had backpacked several miles in and i'm thinking if we backpack out they're going to be falling us out probably so we're probably better off with the fire going, sitting here, staying put, you know. And um, uh, eventually, eventually, I just got kind of, we got kind of, or I got kind of used to it. I think Joseph did too. And we just kind of listened for a while. And I think Josh was the only one that stayed up all night sitting there. <laughs> on it the was, going. I think it was a mixture of excitement and nervousness um, that, that kept me up. I know I was a little worried. I, I half a part of me was expecting stuff to just come flying out of the woods at us yeah. <laughs> from hearing some of the stories, but that never happened. Um, it, it was just, you know, it was textbook whooping is, yeah. is all I can say. Yeah. Textbook whooping. Well, and I, and I think we were lucky because there, there have been definitely some aggressive reports, more aggressive reports in Sam Houston. So, um, I think we lucked out that night that we didn't have to, you know, try to run out of there. Right. And I know when I think back on it, I felt like it was a little more of they, they were more curious than anything. And, and they were probably in my mind, if I were to guess, they were warning each other where we were at and they were trying to just avoid us while they were doing their typical thing out there that they usually do. So as far as, you know, you brought up the they didn't seem aggressive. Um, they, it, the whoops didn't sound like to, uh, they were in a threatening manner. Um, in, in your, how many years experience do you have now? Like boots on the ground, actually going out and, and investigating. Uh, for me, probably only four years as far as actually getting out. I, I did your typical, you know, just armchair research, for, you know, right. reading up for years out in the field four or five years, I guess, maybe five. And out of your experiences, you know, I mean, the way you said that earlier, um, so nonchalantly as, as they were coming down to see us, um, you know, <laughs> that, that's a, that's kind of a, that's kind of a telling, um, a telling way for you to say that because it just seemed like they were just moseying down the hill to see you. Um, well, yeah, and that was in Oklahoma. And the group we were uh, we were with had already kind of gave us a heads up that they're not they're very very uh, mild tempered up there, mm -hmm. and that they're just very quiet. Um, and they just kind of come down and, and 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 spy and watch. Sometimes throw stuff, you know, throw pebbles and stuff, messing with you. But they've never had any aggressive, which is kind of surprising because that is just right down the road from the uh, 
the story about uh, the siege of Ho- Honubi, mm-hmm. where the yeah. guy supposedly shot that that one. That was just right down the road from there. So I'm assuming these these clans, I'm sure, were related to that one that was killed. But um, they've never the area where research is actually uh, we stayed in a church camp. It's a, it's behind the church camp. They have a lot of weird activity in the church camp. But uh, you know, they kind of gave us a heads up, said that they're nothing to worry about. We've never had any aggressive counters. They just come come down and and watch. So um, we had a group of probably I don't know six seven people. And so when they came down, we spot the eye shine and just kind of watch them, you know, moving around a little bit. Sometimes see them turn their heads, run off. Um, that That's when I realized how quiet they could be because I, I watched them run a couple of times. You could see them turn their heads and stand up and run, and I'm not hear anything. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't quite grasp that, how, they, how I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. So as far as the aggressive behavior, you know, I mean, there's – there's a, a ton of reports out there where you've got, you know, they just step out from the tree and you see them and they turn and they, they walk back out and they just disappear into the woods. Mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of, you have a lot of encounters where people talk about, you know, the, the truly aggressive nature of these things. Um, do, do you think that it, do you think it's part of their, their culture um, as, as far as, you know, specific tribes or the way, the way they're raised, the way they're, uh, the environment that they're in that causes, uh, the, the, the aggressiveness, or is it, uh, you know, I mean, is it just like we are, you, you run into a bad egg every once in a while. And, you know, I, I think about that all the time and I, I think they're so intelligent. I think they're, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think a lot of it's probably related with experiences they've had with people. Mm-hmm. Um, in Sam Houston, I have you know, I, I, I want you know, I say there's been aggressive encounters in Sam Houston, but I, w- I would say the big thicket, usually uh, the team has had more aggressive behavior there than they have at Sam. And I, you know, and I think part of the reason is I think they're so intelligent is that Sam Houston is not far out of Houston, Texas. It is probably the busiest national forest in the USA, if you ask me. Um, so there's a lot of hikers, bike riders that go through all the time. I mean, you run into, uh, you know, I'll be out doing research and on the trails, and we'll, we'll see a lady walking the trail by herself. Yeah, which I'm thinking, you know, if you knew what was out of here, you might not want to do that. But, um, I think because of all the activity, I think they're intelligent enough probably to realize that we're going to have to kind of, you know, lay back a little bit. We don't want to get too crazy here because there, you know, there's a lot of people around here. They may come, you know, we hurt somebody or we do something bad enough. Somebody, right. you know, people may come around, but on the flip side, out of the areas we we stay, we camp, we have, there has been quite a few people have been run out of those campgrounds and, but it's usually from screen it's, and it, it is aggressive behavior. It's usually uh, yelling and screaming around the tents camping, you know, around the campers. Um, but what I haven't heard is any stories of them doing it when there's a lot of campers like they're not seasoned. They're not usually not around. And um, at least, we don't have much activity when when it's hunting season, but there's a lot of hunters staying in those campgrounds, and I've never heard of really any stories of them, um, at least talking to people out there of them running people off when there's that many people around. Most of the times that I've 
we've run into people that that's happened to. Usually they come back. I guess they were interested. They decided to come back and they would find out what we did and come tell us about it. But they <clears throat> they were usually camping out there by themselves when that happened. And the, the aggressive behavior to me that you're describing uh, that these people are experiencing is more, uh, quite obviously, an intimidation just yeah. to get them out of the area, you know, and there's a difference between that and, and an aggressive um, encounter, I guess yeah. you would say. Um, yeah. So not, not many reports of uh, actual aggressive uh, interactions. Um, there, yeah, there's a couple of stories out of Sam, but I don't know if they're, I just, I'm just not sure what to think about them that actually involve fatalities. Oh, really? But I don't, I don't know enough about them that I can really, you know, verify that they're, they're truths. There's one called the torn up camp that was out there for a while. Uh, there was a lot of talk about it. It, w- it went around all the, you know, a lot of the uh, groups were, we're talking about it where it was found found by a group that was doing research and you know and i've heard different stories that it was just torn up camp and they didn't find the people but i've also heard that they found a body out there and i don't know but i know that the um the rangers out there seem to be very uh um they don't tolerate research groups very very well really yeah um at least in some cases, they do seem to, uh, there's been some really strange, uh, uh, things that have happened to people, to re- people doing researchers out there when they're identified by the Rangers and with, and with some of the Rangers messing with them and stuff. So I, I don't know if, and that makes me wonder if something has gone on like that, that's caused them to be, be that way Yeah. and start, you know, um, but you know, I, I haven't, haven't had them come around anytime I've been out, but I've I've talked to some of the guys that have had, definitely had some strange things up up to uh, l- stuff disappearing off their laptops, which they can't explain that stuff that they were storing just bearing. One of the guys that that comes out with us sometimes has started using external drive for that very reason. No kidding. Yeah, I don't, and it's it's strange, but it, it, he was he was he was having data just disappear off his laptop and it was after he'd had he'd been approached by a federal agent out there or a ranger at one point i don't remember i don't remember exactly the whole scenario on it but yeah so i don't know if it's maybe maybe there has been some pretty you know drastic situations out there that have caused them the rangers to be very careful there's been a couple times they have shut trails down and we're not really sure why and and one of one of the times was after uh, one of those stories had come out that they they'd found some body. So I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. What to think. Yeah, I really don't know what to think about all that. And like I said, I don't want to sit here and say that's that's what happened. I just I've heard that's that story. Those stories have come out of Sam Houston, though. And and for the listeners, I, I, I don't think that. And I'm I guess I'm speaking for Todd, but I don't think he's indicating that this is some kind of a a supernatural event that the the information disappeared from the computers, right? As much as it is uh, an unwarranted remote access to to that person's computer and uh, information data being removed from it uh, remotely, which. Uh, in 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 technical terms is really not that difficult to do uh if you're if you're within a a, a relatively close distance to that uh right that equipment so 
right that's, that's something else uh, right so um so josh you you lived down in texas with your dad for for some time i assume um yeah how much you know being 13 when you first encountered the whoops um was that pretty much your gateway into the idea of wanting to research boots on the ground or that was you know that was my it, it opened up a whole new uh, thing for me so it, it a lot of it was a a lot of research i read a lot of books uh, i was a big reader uh, in high school i was always reading um it, it caused me to uh really look into not just Sasquatch, but uh, supernatural aspects of other cryptids and uh, uh, even uh, ghosts. Um, uh, it, it, it opened up a whole new world for me. Uh, but yeah, I say that that would, that, that, that encounter is what really opened everything up for me. So you start going out on regular, uh, regular hikes to, uh, to try to encounter yep. more or? It was more just campouts. Uh, I know I've been on a few campouts with my dad and uh, a, a, a few in Colorado, and uh, I know there's a few. We went on a f- another hike. Uh, what was it? A year after that I, that encounter, Dad. But we didn't really have any anything happen then. But it, I wouldn't really call it research because we didn't really have any kind of special equipment with us. It was more of hoping we would encounter encounter something kind of. Just get out and enjoy the enjoy yeah. the nature <laughs> yeah. and, and just if we get lucky, we get lucky. Kind of see thing. what happens. And then uh, when I uh, when I moved to Michigan is when I really started getting into the equipment and uh, going on expeditions. Uh, like the 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 last year's 168 uh, expedition in Florida with uh, Bigfoot Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the UP expedition uh, with the Michigan Bigfoot Conference. That was a good one. Um, and then uh, several other um, uh, smaller outings. Uh, one of them where I actually had a, uh, I would say. Uh, I, I saw one physically. Did you? Uh, I did. Um, uh, uh, I, at the time that I had seen it, I was holding a fleur and never thought to record anything because I was so freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually happened in Allegan County. You know, that's, um, that's funny you say that because, you know, the the gentleman I had, uh, in, in my episode two and three, uh, who experienced one in Cass County down here in Southwest Michigan. Um, he, during the encounter, as it began, um, there were, there were four people in his party, his dad, his brother-in-law and, and another friend, they were all kind of semi-circle, uh, uh, around this swamp. And the dad had called him to indicate that somebody was walking through the swamp and to be real careful um, because there was some idiot walking through the swamp in a, in a ghillie suit. And then the, uh, the brother-in-law had it come up behind him and yell at him. And he, he literally, they were, they were going between the father and the brother-in-law and the family friend that hunted with them as far as calling each other saying, Hey, there's something weird going on out here. Somebody's walking around out here. 
and uh, he literally had his phone in his hand as it walked out into into plain sight and he never 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 thought to to try to take a picture or or film it um you know and the phone was in his hand yeah <laughs> so yeah. Uh, um, and you get those people who are always like why didn't you record it well when you're in the moment like that you don't think about you don't always think about it yeah what so, about you todd have you have you had an eyes on uh experience no not other than other than just not those nighttime yeah uh i should i glow and stuff i have not um and i've I, well so when y'all were talking about the cameras um a few months ago so we got invited out to a private property uh in uh, further up northeast texas uh by a guy that he he was interviewed on sasquatch chronicles i forget what episode it was um <clears throat> but we were invited by, out by him to do some research um he had a pretty aggressive encounter ended up shooting one and um he um he's scared to go out to that property well he went out met us out there so we went out there for i think it was two two nights and uh, we caught some really good flare footage of one um we were hitting it's right off sabine river and if you heard i don't know if you're familiar with sabine a lot of stories along the Sabine River right. in history. Um, very remote areas. We were doing research on this property, but we all we were all we were also going down to the Sabine River, so the Sabine River, putting out recorders and stuff, and trying to see what we could find out down there. But one night, uh, we were on the four wheelers heading down there, and I got a glimpse of eye, just a second, real quick glimpse of eye shine off the off my headlights. It looked like it was up in a tree. So I'm not thinking Bigfoot. I'm thinking, you know, maybe, but I'm thinking probably raccoon or something. Right. Um, but I, I pulled up on the on the side of the uh, the road there, and so I'm I walked up with my headlight, looking, you know, with my my flashlight on my, or my light, looking around, couldn't see anything. But the guys behind me had a flourish, so they they knew immediately I'd seen something as soon as they um, as soon as they pulled up. They had the flirt going, and they caught one up in a tree and one on the ground. We've got this pretty decent footage, and you can see the one walking off. And uh, I never did see it with the lights, but uh, after the encounter, I'd ask, I asked the, the guy that took the, the flirt, I said, man, I'm looking forward to seeing the video. I said, man, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> two days later, he realized he did hit record. Oh, really? The, yeah, during the footage. He didn't get the very beginning when it crawled. He said he said it was holding on the tree like this, and that when I walked up, he was already washed on the floor. And when I walked up, it actually scooted around that big old tree like this to the other side of the tree, put the tree between me and it. Yeah. I, I never saw any of this. I'm shining light. There was a holler down there. I didn't realize till we till I walked up. It was a holler. It dropped down pretty good ways um so it was pretty pretty high up in that tree and it looks like we got four hit i think we got four hits so i think it was four of them out there one of them you can't retell much but i'm pretty sure we had four of them back there but you can see a you can see that one walk off it comes down that tree walks off you don't he didn't catch it coming down the tree actually there might have been another one down there but you can see one walk off and you can see another smaller one walking behind it pretty clearly josh you saw right 
I did, and uh, and I know you can actually see it on the Taps YouTube channel too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, he 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 didn't remember hitting record. So, and he must have he must have thought of it at some point, but didn't remember having thought of it because he didn't like said he'd catch the three <clears> of it, but it right. was partially through. But it's still still caught some great flur, really good footage. Uh, but um, the the story behind that. The owner, he, the, he, he that was family property that had lived on his grandparents, and you know, they'd lived their whole lives. So they'd been having sightings of these these things, but I think a lot of his family didn't want to accept what they were seeing. They'd call them bears and so forth, which I don't think bears, there may be some bears up there, but I don't think there's many bear, bears in that area. But anyway, um, he had a couple of counters on there, and that night that he ended up shooting that one, um, he had gotten hit in the head by rock. Oh, really? And one had stepped out on the road. They've got a road that goes through the place, a little dirt road that goes through the property, and had actually stepped out and watched. He, he said he he said he for recall he did not intend to shoot it. It, uh, it scared him, and he just pulled the trigger. Said he saw it hit. He's got uh, grab its chest, step off the road. Um. And I think he had his girlfriend with him, and they took off. They got jumped back in the car and took off. Came back later. There was blood on the ground. He got some pictures, photos of that, and so forth. But I could tell after well, he was with me, he was behind me when we had this this uh, caught this uh, flur footage, and he was he was shaking up pretty bad because it dawned on him that where that thing was spotted was looking right down over uh, the camp where he was staying, the part where he was staying. Oh. And he feels like he's being targeted, and, and I'm not saying that's the case, but he feels that way. Did did he feel um, that? Did he feel that his shot um, caused the mortality? Or he said it was a pretty solid shot. He hit it in the chest. Um, no body, no body there. So I, I don't. I, he's not sure. Yeah, he's not sure. Um, but I think he feels he's he doesn't. He's not comfortable going out there because he feels like they know who he is. And they recognize him. He feels like they're they're targeting him. Um, so we've got another expedition coming up in a couple of weeks up there. He'll be meeting us up there again. That's be our second expedition up at that property. Now, does he actually go on the expedition with you, or yeah, he go, yeah he, he goes out with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll go out with us, and he's 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 usually okay okay with us. And I haven't I didn't see him shaking up until that happened till we caught that flur. And I think the reason is is he didn't. He didn't think that the the part of the property where we saw it was a part of the property he didn't think they were coming from. He thought they were coming from another section, and I, I think it shook him up because he felt like they went out of their way to come to another area where they could watch. You know, they could see all of us. We were all out there, but it so happened he was out in the spot where this thing was looking down over, so I think it spooked him yeah. that yeah. that was a case. I'm sure it was just coincidental, but. Um, that would almost, uh, for me, that would almost, uh, if, if he felt, if he felt that, that threatened and, and felt that he had a target on his back and these things were, yeah. were, were singling him out, uh, right. it, for you guys, uh, I, I would almost look at this guy as being a, a little bit of a liability, right. um, you know, putting yourselves into a position where they might come for retribution and, and yeah. you guys might be collateral, collateral damage. Collateral damage, you're right. You know. Didn't think about that, but that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
It makes sense. So do you do you guys down there in Texas? Do you do you find uh, much evidence of them going arboreal in the trees? Of what? Saying of of them um, going arboreal in the trees. I I was always questionable whether they really did go up in the trees until that we caught that footage. Um, but I have heard other. You know, team members said that they've seen them or heard them jump out of the trees before. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I was always, you know, I, I believe what they were telling me, but I, I wasn't sure how prominent, how often they, you know, how common it was. But I think after, after, I, after what happened to us on that expedition, I look up a lot more now. When I, when I'm out there doing thermal, I'm hitting up high a lot now. You know, isn't it funny? Um, you know, so I've, I've been following this subject for, you know, I'm going to be 57 in June, and I've been following this subject since I was, you know, in my in my young years. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it was always a a ground based creature to me. It yeah. was always it was always something that was a ground based creature, and um, it hasn't been until quite honestly, you know, like the last couple of years that I've I've started either noticing or paying attention more to to these reports where they they indicate that they are in the trees and you yeah. know our, our our friend uh val zavala um his photograph yeah. that he was lucky enough to remember to take a picture of um yeah. shows that he shows it in the tree and uh you know it, it's it makes a lot a lot of sense yeah absolutely you does. know I don't know why that was not something that would have been uh, prominent in my thoughts about this creature uh, for all those years, but it, it yeah. certainly makes sense, and uh, it could explain a awful lot of uh, you know the disappearances of uh, footprints just uh, just ending, Absolutely. you know, and uh, and like, well, where the hell did it go? You know, well, it it disappeared into a portal. No, yeah, probably climbed up a tree. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a story from one of the guy, one of the guys that um, the um, what is it, the Honey Swamp, the there in Louisiana. Uh, it's a swamp out there. And I think it's owned by the the property's owned by the government. It's not private land; it's owned by the government. But there's uh, a, a Sasquatch they call it. I think Honey is it the Honey Island? Honey Island. Honey swamp Island. Monster. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and there was uh, I heard one of the guys that actually tracked that thing speak at one of the conferences once and he was talking about the same thing that we they would come up the footprints and there's still water filling in the footprint but then they would just disappear yeah. you're, you're right i just went up the tree you know and, and yeah i was the same as you I, I never thought about it you know but i guess you know they talk about them having a mid-tarsal mid-tarsal break and all that in their foot i guess that would allow them to be able to climb a little easier you know yeah it certainly would and you know some of the tracks, not many, but some of them um, do almost appear to have the uh, the, the big toe uh, splayed out further and and lower yeah. down along the side, almost uh, you know reminiscent of what we would expect to see out of a a primate or a gorilla or something of that nature. Um, right. I haven't seen that many track casts of of those types of prints, but you know it 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 makes one think that there, there are species and subspecies and, you know, different, uh, um, yeah. inherited, um, uh, modality of, of the way the foot operates, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, and, but 
you know, going even going back to the, you know the first time I saw the the, the Patterson Gimlin film, um, and I think I talked about this on an episode not too long ago. When I first saw that, there was nothing, you know, and I, I had seen I had seen still photographs of it in in uh, in books or magazines, um, but it wasn't until uh, Leonard Nimoy's uh, In Search of where I actually saw the film of it, and and I can remember. I can remember I can remember the way our living room was set up, you know, where the TV was, where the couch was, and um I can remember everything about seeing that for the first time. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing, even with as shaky as that film was, there was nothing that ever made me think, yeah, that's a guy in a suit. No, me you know, either. It was you it know. was so organic and, you know, the 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 the, the such brief span of time that you you actually had him where he kind of rested and was able to get a, a fairly stable film um, yeah everything about it just looked completely natural to me and i never Absolutely. you know i never had a i never had an issue with you know thinking that you know some possibility of our dna being mixed with you know something that was i mean because we're so close genetically to the to the primates right um you know that's where I have my problem with the dog man is, you know, I mean, there were even, was it Russia or Germany? I think it was Russia that was uh, doing the experiments where they were trying to breed human women with, uh, um, oh, yeah. uh, with, uh, with great apes to, to produce a, a super soldier basically is what right, they were yeah. trying to do. Um, so, you know, science, even though that was probably in the 1940s, early fifties, when they were trying to do that, there was some indication that they would be able to get that to work. Um, but human and dog and uh, human and dog DNA, that, yeah. that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm not a geneticist. I don't know my butt from a hole in the ground when it comes to that, but you know, it, it makes more sense that, you know, we could possibly breed with something down the line that was uh, related in the primate world. Yeah. And, and these would, you know, ultimately be the result of it, um, where they get their size and where they get their height from. That's yeah. a, that's a different thing. And, you know, I know a lot of people like to bring in the, uh, the religious, uh, the, the biblical, biblical, uh, accounts of the Nephilim and the watchers and the, you know, all that. And I don't know about that. Um, yeah, they're big, they're big. I've My. never, I've never seen one in person. Um, and quite honestly, like I said earlier, I, I think if I did, man, I'd, I'd just be, I'd be filling my drawers and <laughs> filling my drawers. And when I got back home, I'd be looking up the, the phone number of the best psychologist I could find. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think about the same thing, getting out there doing this all the time that if I do, if, and when I do have a face-to-face -face encounter, how, how I'll, I'll react. I, I have no clue. Um, I think most likely it'll probably scare the heck out of me. And, you know, and I guess some of it's based on what the counter's like, you know, and how, how it, how it acts, but yeah, absolutely. I, I know. I mean, I definitely think some of them are not very friendly. So, and some of the stories I've heard, I think there's some, you know, of course, native American history backs a lot of that. Well, I know for me, when I, when I saw what I saw, I couldn't get out of the woods any faster. <laughs> um, it, it, it it freaked me out pretty good even knowing the subject for so many years i, I it took me a while to wrap my head around it because I, I, I didn't see any facial features or anything um 
I guess if I, you would understand better if I told you what happened. Yeah, go uh, into it. So me and an old friend of mine uh, were out in Allegan County in the state in the state game area. Uh, we were way out there. There's been sightings in the past in this area, and uh, we've had uh, 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 some minor encounters out there. Uh, uh, for example, we've had stuff thrown into the creek, uh, uh, really heavy heavy objects thrown into the creek down that way and um anyways on this one particular night it was a full moon a really really bright full moon it was about midnight we were walking down a a game trail and uh the entire night we were hearing stuff walking around it sounded like it was walking around on two legs so it was almost like they were pacing us out but they weren't really trying to pace us out they were just following us so we'd stop walking we'd hear two sets of you know walking beside us and then uh at one point um we ended up running towards what sounded like footsteps and heard it running away from us and there's a ravine uh, which which the creek is down at the bottom of, and we hear something jump from the top down into the ravine. It was it was pretty loud. Um, so we ended up walking in deeper, and at some point, uh, nothing was happening. Uh, it got real quiet, and we started heading back. Well, this game trail. You, the moonlight would shine through the game trail, through the trees. You could see the trail was very well illuminated. You didn't need flashlights. And uh, from you know my free research and, 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 and reports I've read, you, you always look behind you, which I, be, I make a habit of it to look back. And I remember looking back, and uh, I ended up doing a double take because the first time I looked back, it didn't click until a second later. Like, wait, why is the trail blacked out? The sun should, the moon should be shining through the trail. And when I look back, I, I see this massive thing walk off the trail, and I can see an outline of an arm and a leg walk off the trail. Now, the the part that really freaked me out is I couldn't hear it walking at all. And it was not far away from us at all. Um, How many yards, you guess? Man, if I were to guess, I'd say, man, not far, not far at all. I, I, I would probably put it in, in feet, probably only like 100 feet, you know, uh, 50 feet maybe. It, was, it wasn't far at all. It, it was close enough where it made me pretty dang nervous after seeing it. And um, my buddy I was with was like, what, do you want to go over there? And I said, no because he didn't see it because I sat there and I kind of froze as this was happening and I was holding my little thermal thermal scout in my hand and I told him I said oh my god I just saw this thing walk off the trail because I didn't think to say anything as it was happening and he's he's in front of me looking the opposite direction and he turns around he's like are you serious I'm like I'm dead serious He's like, did you want to go over and look? And I said, no, I want to get out of here. So we started walking out. And right when we got towards the end of the trail uh, to where a car was parked, uh, we hear a loud knock. It sounded like a wood knock. Uh, almost like, hey, they're leaving. 
Um, and I remember getting to the parking lot, meeting up with the other members of the of the group that was with us at the time. And I'm sitting there staring off into space, still trying to comprehend what what the heck just happened. And they kept asking, "What's wrong with you?" And my buddy's just like, "He saw one." And they're like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I saw this thing, and then we ended up going back to camp because we were camping in the state game area, <coughs> only a few miles away. Next morning, I went out, and Val met me out there. Val Zafala, and we walked down the trail, and I showed him exactly where it happened. Well, lo and behold, there were these huge indentions in the leaves, walking away from where this thing had crossed over the trail. Really. All the way down to the ravine, and they disappeared at the end of the ravine. And if you would push the leaves away, you could see more of an imprint of a foot. Couldn't really make out any toes, but I tell you, they were big. Um, and when I had seen this thing, you know, I could have probably only see it from like chest or stomach, kind of down. That's why I only saw some arm and leg. Couldn't see the head. It would kind of disappeared up in the trees when I, when I think back on it, and it was only happened in a matter of seconds. Um, and I still kick myself in the butt for not recording with the thermal because that would have been incredible. <laughs> now um, you know with I got to ask this. You know, with your encounter being so so close, and and Todd, um, I don't know what the closest you feel you've ever been uh, in proximity to these things, even though you haven't had a, an actual uh, a physical sighting, other than you know, like what you said with the eyes and stuff at night and the uh, and the flare footage. Um, have either one of you experienced the the thunderous? Um, stomps uh, the the earth shaking where you can actually feel it in your bones as they're as they're walking. Oh, I have not. I, I can't say I have either. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing to me too because yeah. um, you know going back to the guy that's in my episode two, two and three um, when it when it walked out from around the side of that swamp where um, and it was and it was just. Um, it was it was opening day. It was it was morning, um, and it was just it was it was twilight basically. It was just enough light where he could he could see it w- without you know like if you were looking straight at it, it would have been harder to see than if you were just kind of looking off you know and getting it out of your peripheral vision. Um, but he said this one was stomping uh, vigorously. Uh, he he kind of even. Um, related it to uh, like a child having a temper tantrum yeah and uh but he said he could feel in that swamp that swamp area the tree that he was up in in the stand um he said that that whole area that whole ground was so uh saturated that you could actually feel you know as deer would walk into the area when they'd be hunting he could he you could you could literally feel the vibration in the ground from just a deer walking and he said when this came through and was as doing that stomping that you know he could just hear it feel it reverberate through the the tree that he was in interesting see it's funny that you say that because when we were out there i felt like they were trying so hard not to make noise but what really freaked me out was that one i saw didn't make any so I don't know if it walked off the trail and hid behind a tree and didn't continue walking until we left 
or if it pulled itself up into a tree and I didn't see it do it. Yeah. Well, I've, I've seen them walking, you know, at night when they were around this, probably, it was probably 40, 50 feet and I never heard them. But the thing was, the ground is covered in dead leaves. And that's, well, and that's the thing. I mean, a, a leaf is going to make noise no matter how you step on it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that, that's the really odd, you know, I mean, can you learn, could you learn? You know, I'm sure Shaolin monks uh, who've studied being a monk yeah. for, you know, their entire lives could probably uh, walk without leaving any trace or any sound of their or their movements. But, uh, yeah. yeah I've, heard, I've heard Shaolin monks can do some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and, uh, and to build off on top of that, uh, you, you know, you were talking about some of the woo and weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually gone out there uh twice and i've had camera traps out there and i've set out apples and the apples always disappear and the camera never goes off but everything else in the world sets the camera off and the second time i did it i had two cameras facing the same apple uh not one went off but i could it would catch a leaf falling it would catch a twig moving it would catch a squirrel running across deer but nothing no apple nothing it could never show what was taking those apples yeah and there was no apples on the ground you know (laughs) and that's weird that kind of takes me back to uh i think it was in uh les stroud's uh survivor man bigfoot uh had had almost exactly the same thing happen um and then you know contradictory to that uh, uh the the gentleman that he had uh on the on the show with him the the, the name that won't be mentioned uh because there's such a polarizing uh, uh group uh, as far as his research goes um yeah. you know he he, <laughs> he sets out he sets out several apples on a tree trunk and you actually see the hand reaching over and and grabbing it and removing it so I i'm like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, so <laughs> which which which, which, which one of these is uh, is correct? So um, so um, you know, we talked about the camera traps, and we've we've talked about you know the use of FLIR. Uh, what other kind of um, what other kind of equipment are you guys going out there doing your research with? And then uh, and on top of that, then let's talk about. Uh, the the personal personal protection uh, aspect of this you know now I, I realize that your group is a is a no kill group they don't encourage it and and stuff like that but nevertheless when you're out in the woods you're going to run into any number of uh, wild animals including these things um and I, I i group them with animals not so much as to uh, indicate that i'm an aper because i i don't think i am i think i i think i much more tend to go into the the intelligence of these things as being more uh, more likely to be a uh, a people um, yeah. you know and i don't know if i'm anthropomorphizing uh, <laughs> them no. uh, but uh, let, let's get into uh, i could just keep rattling stuff off but let's get into uh, uh what kind of equipment you guys are using and what you're taking out there as far as uh, personal protection well um We've got several several of the guys who are carrying thermals and flurs. I've got a pulsar, um, high def thermal, and I have a uh, parabolic that uh, Robert Kreider. Built. Oh, nice! Yeah, so um, I usually run that all night, record all night. So I've caught some you know decent stuff on that. Um, so uh, 
usually I'll just set that up around camp and just run. You know, if we're, if, you know, last, last week, weekend we were at the big thicket and it was uh, the second night after the storm, after the winter storm came through, it was, uh, it was super quiet. So quiet, my ears are ringing. So that's a perfect time. So, you know, we have that thing going and, you know, listen around, try to listen for an area for a certain direction. So we knew where to shoot those, those, uh, thermals point those thermals but it's pretty quiet they it actually is super quiet um quieter than normally is out there from what the other guys are have experienced um so yeah i've got between the parabolic and thermals and several of the guys have night 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 vision so we usually have you know uh all those items going out there we try to we're trying to do groups of we're the same, you know. If we split up in groups, which a lot of times we do, we split up, split up in groups of walkie-talkies, and um, uh, trying to keep groups that have each group to have one thermal and one uh, night vision. Because my thought process is, you're going to always catch them first on thermal, and then if you got if you catch them on thermal, hopefully the person in the night vision can get up a little closer, maybe, and try to catch them, you know, right. yeah. on that night vision. So. Now you you indicate that you use uh, Robert Kreider's uh, parabolic mic, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, touted to be one of the best on the market, if not the best on the market, yeah. and, and uh, several times more powerful than anything that uh, is readily available. Um, are mm, are incredible. you guys are you guys using any other kind of uh, like digital recorders or anything that you? Yeah, yeah, we put out we put out recorders all over, usually all over the area. Um, usually we'll go out to multiple places and put out recorders. And I also have a recorder going all night with the parabolic. So the parabolic is, is recording all night. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so we're always, you know, we usually keep one, one or two recorders going around the camp at night. And like I said, the parabolic, and then we'll usually go out in several different directions and put out recorders around the perimeters, you know, within, you know, half mile of where we're where we're at the area we're working usually right. and put them out and see what we can catch and we've caught some pretty interesting stuff and uh, including uh, uh helicopter shooting him sound like a, a 50 caliber machine guns in sam houston <laughs> really <laughs> yes well that's yeah. that's not something you would expect uh in in, nope. in a park <laughs> no no no, don't know anything behind it, but yeah, we called it on a, uh, actually Shane called it, uh, uh, he's the founder of TAPS. He, he called it one night on one of his recorders. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't did know. Anything, don't know any, did anything ever correlate in the, in the local news or, uh, you know, as far as uh, no, an know. escaped convict or uh, a manhunt or. No, nothing, nothing. There's, and, uh, I mean, we do see a lot and I'm not saying there's anything to it, but we do see a lot of. Uh, black helicopters flying over Sam Houston when we're out there. Yeah, really? saying that, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're, I don't, I don't think there's a military base nearby, but well, I think Conroe, there might be some type of, I think there's a, uh, army reserves, but I don't, I don't know. We see, seem like, seem like a lot of helicopter activity hmm. out of Sam, but yeah, him catching that was pretty interesting in the middle of the night, you know? Wow. That is and odd. I, and I think he did catch some uh, yells and screams and stuff uh, on that same night. So I don't know if there's any relationship between that and the chopper, but pretty Josh, interesting. Josh, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same type of uh, equipment you're going out with here in Michigan? 
Yeah, me, me and the HESA research group, uh, we've got a mixture of different stuff. Of course, we have Robert Kreider's parabolic. Uh, I've got to use that in the Florida, in Florida, and that that thing is incredible. That that you could hear a cricket fart from <laughs> from a long, long ways. Uh, I mean, it it is dead on. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, usually uh, we have multiple thermals, uh, flur thermals. Uh, I've got my scout, of course. Love that thing. Um, uh, recorders. Uh, I actually got two recorders uh, as a Christmas gift from my dad that I'm excited to use. Uh, uh, night vision, of course. And there is something I'm wanting to test out. Uh I I, I I want to test out different lighting techniques um, because on uh, uh, one of my shows, uh, I had an interesting conversation. Uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> good thing. Good thing we're not using one of the parabolics. We'd, we'd hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters, uh-huh. uh, Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International. He 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 actually did some research on using different kinds of lighting. Him and a buddy of his on spirit when it comes to spirits and that uh, uh, light spirits respond to certain lighting and dark spirits respond to certain lighting. And I'm wanting to test something out like that, seeing if we're able to see these things using either uh, ultraviolet light or. Uh, infrared or a mixture of the two um, because scientists are now starting to discover that animals have different kinds of of uh, uh, textures and designs on you know on their body or, or mm-hmm. feathers fur uh, using black lights right. uh, so that that's something I'm wanting to I'm wanting to try and uh, and uh, I'm hoping to eventually get a hold of some uh those special cameras full that, spectrum uh, full spectrum thank you uh and 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 implement that into uh some of the research to see if maybe it is some kind of uh hair reflection or or, or re- a refraction of the light mm-hmm. and uh maybe we can uh, uh, uh weed out because uh, you've got the natural camouflage, but when you use a black light, it's not natural camouflage. It's 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 there's another name for it. Um, so th- th- that's just something I want to implement. Um, I- I'm not I'm not uh, uh, too uh, keen on the scientific words of it, but <laughs> I-, I know I, when I think about it, I know what I'm what I'm, what I'm right. wanting to do. Yeah, I've, I've wondered, I've wondered myself about the use of, uh, full spectrum cameras and, uh, you know, you can watch all kinds of different YouTube videos and any of the documentaries and any of that stuff. I've never really seen any, uh, Bigfoot research using full spectrum cameras. And I, and I wonder if that's, uh, um, if that's an avenue that might need to be and they've just come out with a new piece of technology that i am going to get at some point i don't care what it takes it's a 360 degree full spectrum camera basically it films 360 degrees and it can turn it into a virtual reality uh 
uh, picture. Yeah. So you can basically uh, uh, live or recorded. You can you can look at the uh, the video, not pictures, sorry, video. Um. So uh, and implementing that with uh, with some of the different lighting is going to be very interesting. That's interesting. So uh, you know, I I pretty much played my hand as far as you know what what I think these things are, um, and and what I think they're not. Where where's your uh, where are your heads as far as are, are these uh, are these a relic people? Are these uh, just an animal? Um, what are you, where are your guys' thoughts well, on this? I believe that the, I believe that Melba's findings are. I think there's something to that, and I definitely think they're they're a human hybrid of some sort. I don't know what the other the other half is because they don't it doesn't match anything that they can find. But I I also uh, I don't know. I, my, it seems like my theories change all the time because you, know, you hear something new, and I, I I go back and forth on it because you know if you'd asked me this five or six years ago, I said, Oh, they're just a undiscovered primate. You know, I would, that's period. Right. But there's, there's too much other stuff. There's too much strange stuff that goes on with these, this subject. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know they're, they can, they, I'm, they're masters of the woods. They can hide easily. Um, but a lot of the other, uh, things that people encounter when they're, when they're dealing with these things, it's just it's just hard to grasp. Hard to, get, to grasp. How do they have their, some of these abilities that are going on and that people are encountering? And, you know, but again, I'm sure there's explanations for some of it. But um, have have either of you in in any of your investigations or any of the people that you've come across? Uh, this is something that you don't very often hear about, and and I. I I guess I'll go even a little bit further and I'll say that I don't really hear anybody uh, doing podcasts or interviews or, or, or that type of stuff that asks this question, but have you come across any evidence of, uh, of, of their use of tools or, or their use of fire? I, I have no, the only, the only thing I could even remotely say is just them throwing stuff <laughs> as close to using tools as I, I've ever experienced. Well, I think they're, I think their rock thrown capabilities probably, <laughs> probably they can pretty much do what they want with a rock. Yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. I had a story guy that I used to work with, used to hunt the Louisiana border. And, uh, this was back in the, I think seventies or something. He was a kid and the, uh, there was a certain area that, outfitter they were with wouldn't wouldn't take him to and he he told him the story that he was out hunting one time and uh, in that area sitting sat down by a creek and a buck walked out on the side of the creek and he he put it in his sights and i think he was going to drop it but um he heard this kind of sound like something come over his head and then all of a sudden that buck fell to the ground so he sat there that. he sat there for a few minutes waiting to see if that buck would get back up and never did. So finally he crossed that Creek, went over there, found a rock laying beside that thing was dead. And the rock, there's a rock laying beside that buck. And that that rock had flown over his head, over his head. And, um, why he had the sights on that, uh, you know, on the rifle on that thing. And, um, you know, he said he got out of there quick and, you know, 
won't ever go back to that area hunting again. So I think I think they can pretty much do anything they want with a rock. Yeah, I believe if they wanted to hit you, they they can. Well, like I said, Chris, the, the guy that was that owns the property you were at, he he was uh, he was hitting the head with by you know by rock pretty hard. And uh, but I'm sure they could have you know done it much harder than that. But uh, you know, I sometimes wonder if they have some capabilities that they're and they're intelligent <coughs> enough to to not you know to be careful about what we can you know see them do yeah because i think they're i think they're pretty intelligent um you know but um so you know because i i I think they're 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 from what i've experienced i think they're flesh and blood but maybe flesh and blood with with capabilities that we're we're not able to quite comprehend yet and I, i say that and an example that i'd like to use is you know, like the platypus is a good example. It's a mammal that's both venomous and can lay eggs. You know, that's not something that's normal for a mammal. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also another type of mammal that's also uh, venomous. Uh, it has venom glands underneath its armpits that it licks and 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 and, and uses to uh, uh, defend itself. I can't think of the name of the animal at the moment, but uh, you know that, that's that's something that's not. In, typical and not normal and so why can't these things have some kind of abilities like this uh to maybe they can uh, somehow chameleon themselves i know it sounds weird to blend in with the background well i don't um, think it sounds weird at all because all you have to do is look at and i don't know if all octopus or or squid or you know i don't know if it's the humboldt or a specific type of octopus that can you know latch onto a coral reef and and within uh, a millisecond can can change the the texture uh, the look of the texture of its skin to to replicate what it's holding on to yeah. you know um so you know that is that is something that is very much part of our natural world um mm-hmm. it's an incredible adaptation that uh through evolution or through the grace of whatever created all of us uh gave it um you know that's that's something that is quantifiable i mean you can you can watch videos of it all day long on youtube and you yeah. can go see it in person at uh, at your aquariums um you know the the thing that and i'm don't get me wrong i'm not going to jump on the whole uh, uh you know bigfoot is uh hopping around in in ufos um but you know there i think uh like a year and a half two years ago there were 23 uh 23 or so scientists who all pretty much got on the same bandwagon as far as stating that uh the these octopus are most likely not uh a natural natural occurring life form on this planet um i think i did hear that you know and and, yeah didn't they just do a thing where they they all agree that they're sentient as well yeah you know so you know whether it is or whether it's not um you know there 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 are well-known stories of octopus who figure out how to crawl out of their their aquariums and and follow along uh the the piping in the in the roof until they can get to the other uh the other aquarium that has another octopus of its same breed and so that it's not alone 
you know um, that's pretty amazing yeah uh, that there's there's thought going on there you know i mean it's it's figuring it's figuring out problems it's problem solving it's it's thinking and it's uh and it's achieving what it wants to do so yeah um well and i know another animal that 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 i'm not trying to get out topic but it's just it pops into my head every time i think of bigfoot is the thylacine mm -hmm. uh the tasmanian tiger yeah um people don't realize that it's not a not a tiger it's not that's not it's not a, a, a canine it's a marsupial yeah a, a, a carnivorous marsupial and not a lot of people know that and that to me is pretty dang incredible i, I mean it's not extinct but we know it was a real creature right and it was um, th- it was thought to be extinct for quite quite some time until yeah was it uh, like in the mid late 1940s or early 1950s where one was photographed and uh, um, yeah it's, I mean <sighs> you know the, the one thing that always crosses my mind when it comes to trying to figure out what these things are I go back to the <laughs> evidence that the uh, that our powers to be are trying to keep it keep it hushed and I know there's a lot of theories as to why, but I have a hard time believing it's just because they're worried about the logging, you know, about them being, you know, yeah, hurting the logging, you know, market and so forth. Yeah, maybe it will, but I, I, I can't. Some of the extent that the government goes to to through, for, at least from stories I've heard, to keep this these things to keep this quiet, I have to question why. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, w- I wasn't specifically staying away from that for any reason other than um, that, that it's going to chew up some time. But I, I yeah, think, it's, yeah. I, but I think it's, I think it's time well spent uh, considering now that you brought that up. Um, I'm going to go back to something that uh, Robert Kreider said to me in our interview that I did with him, um, and and I've, it was it was very interesting because. All along, I've, I've, you know, yeah, the logging industry is going to suffer. The camping industry is going to suffer. Um, you know, who's going to want to go out in the woods if they know these things are there? Uh, you know, natural national parks and and recreation areas are going to, you know, uh, be hurt by the, uh, be impacted by it. Um, but when he said, "What would it do to to people to find out that there was another another species of people?" Yeah, freely living wherever they want, not paying taxes, not not having to uh, to purchase a deed to a home, and and living life wherever they want in 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 whatever manner they want, um, unrestricted by our laws and and stuff like that. And I I had never taken uh, that into consideration. Yeah, good point. <clears throat> that that could uh, just jumble everything up. Uh, on top of on top of the economic uh, yeah. uh, pressure that it would create, so right, right, that's true. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a lot. I mean, there seems to be a lot of reports out there of you know of of either involving a shooting of one or um, or one hurting someone. It seems the government seems to really come in there and you know get you know deeply involved in and in making pe- sure people don't 
you know, talk about it. Yeah. I had, uh, I had the opportunity to talk with somebody who, uh, I, I can't, I can't go too much into it because it, there's a potential that it would give it away. Um, but okay. he was, he was aware of a, um, he was aware of a gentleman that was involved in a research group and, uh, <clears throat> they had made plans to, to speak after he returned from, uh, his, his expedition out West. Uh, he was, he was from here in the Midwest and, uh, after some time had gone by, uh, the gentleman I knew tried to, you know, get back in touch with him, uh, assuming that he had, um, completed whatever he was doing out West and, and came back, um, to find that, uh, the, the gentleman had, had not made it back. And, um, he had, he had some interactions with law enforcement that had indicated to him that not only did he not make it back, but the rest of his, uh, his rest of his group, um, in, in that officer's language, I believe he said, um, there wasn't much left. And apparently this gentleman had been doing research for, for quite some time. And, uh, the, the home, his parents' home where, where most of his information and his, uh, uh, his, his log books and, and research papers, uh, had uh, all of that information and and stuff had been liberated from the home uh, okay. by by officials. Um, you know the the story is is much more dramatic and um, disturbing if if I were able to go into the whole thing. But yeah. you know, uh, man, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can imagine, I, and I've heard similar stories as well. So. Yeah, that's uh, something else. You know, so I, I wonder at times, um, you know, these tree-hugging, uh, forest-dwelling lovers of nature and um, these these big, gracious uh, gods of our woods, you know, um, are, are there more are there more nefarious uh, stories that, that we don't hear about? Um, you know, yeah, missing, I'm, I'm, missing 411, you know, uh-huh. for, for I, so long, uh, it wasn't until I, I believe it's at the, at the end of uh, missing 411, the hunted, um, you know, Dave Pilates has been very cognizant not to, uh, right. not to, not to indicate Sasquatch as being a potential for, for these people coming up missing. But at the end of that, when, when the movies I thought was ending and it, it goes to a black screen and then it fades back in and he's sitting with Ron Moorhead up in the Sierras. Yes. And I was like, Oh, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, uh, I think, I think David's trying to keep things separated and that's the only way he could figure out how to do it. You know, cause you know, he's done Bigfoot research for so long. Yeah. He did Bigfoot research. I mean, he's done UFO research. And, right, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, there, some of those stories had to be Sasquatch-related. And I, I'm, I'm sure some of them may not be, and there may be something else that's causing that. Yeah. Um, and very well, 
there's something going on out there, but there's some of them that, I mean, some of those children abductions where they're talking about a, uh, the gorilla feeding them or the monkey man feeding them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard to deny that. And you know, what's funny. And I don't know if you, re- you remember this or heard this, but uh, it, maybe two years ago, there was a boy that disappeared for two or three days. A young, a very young boy. The one that the bear took care of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they it was on the news that he said that yeah. and it, everybody just kept and they just blew it off yeah. and it, and there, there were other stories in david's book that said the same thing that was similar yeah and i i mean as soon as i heard that i knew right away that's another one of those missing form one type stories but yeah. uh i mean i i mean i i think but I, I do think a lot of them a lot of them you know you hear you hear stories of them help of sasquatch helping you know, lost kids, helping people when they're lost. But, you know, I've heard multiple stories where the, uh, where people run into a male and that male's about ready. It looks like it's going to kill them. And then the female, female pops up and yeah, saves them. And, uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of them out there, probably rogue ones or a lot of ones that probably a lot of these males that separate from their clans that probably you don't want to run into. They may hurt you. And, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if if that uh, those personality traits of the of the rogue ones that you're talking about that you know you you don't want to run into. Um, I'm almost you know kind of half of the mind that you know the possibility because they seem on the outset that they they're a family group. Yeah. Um, but I exactly. also, I wonder if if these are uh, ostracized. By their, you know, small for group or their tribe or their their community for for whatever reason, yeah. uh, you know, for having a bad attitude or, or, yeah, or mean, a mean I mean, a mean disposition, and uh, you know, sent I'm off sure to be on their own. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case in some cases. I bet you. Um, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of the sto- there's a lot of stories out there. A lot of uh, interviews I've heard of of situations where I, I think they were going to take that child if they had an opportunity, but you know, that, you know, it didn't happen for whatever reason. There's, I heard a, a, a guy tell the story when he was a kid that this uh, baby Sasquatch coming out, crawling around him and kind of about the trees, like trying to get him to come play with it. And when he's got closer to the fence, a male walked out there, a big Sasquatch. Yeah. And when he got close enough, it lunged like it was going to try to grab him. And he jumped back and ran into the house. Um, you know, and I know this is all speculation, and and mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm curious as your thoughts on on something, you know, that specific instance, and do what with the the human child? I I don't know, but you know, I I think for whatever whatever their their goal is, good or you know, probably good good or bad. I mean, I don't know, but I think they're opportunists, and they're going to take it if they think they can get away with it, they might yeah. do it, but um. I mean, a lot of the Native American stories talk about the sure. uh, ch- children and, and, and that some clans were actual cannibals. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, I think they're just like us. I think you got clans out there that are probably, maybe they are cannibals. You know, so maybe some of these remote areas in Canada out in the middle of nowhere, if you run, you know, that's another thing. I think they're intelligent enough to know if they're out here in Sam Houston, no, we can't, you know, we, we, I can't take anybody. The government, you know, they already know who we are. They're going to come after us. <laughs> I think, they are, I think they do have, I think the military do have 
teams that, you know, I've heard multiple stories that they have teams that go out there and, and kill these ones that, that are called these causing problems. So, and I'm sure they're smart enough to know that. Okay, Sam, he's, but you're out in Canada, 400 miles by yourself, 400 miles from the nearest town and run into a clan. How are they going to react? They know they, they can do whatever they want with you and nobody's ever going to know. Now, with that being said, on that note, have you ever just stopped and listened to yourself? And I've done this myself, and I'm sure Josh has probably done this. And listen yeah. to what just came out of your mouth and say, oh, for Christ's sake. Why am I doing this? <laughs> this is the nuttiest shit I've ever heard of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no wonder nobody believes this stuff. But... Uh. You know, there's, but there's so much evidence out there and, uh, you know, hearsay stories and, you know, related, you know, rumors and, and things that you just, you You, just kind of gotta, you gotta pay attention to all of it. Yeah. When I have friends that are interested in it, that aren't familiar with the subject, I tell them, listen to the reports, go to listen to Sasquatch Chronicles, listen to these Mm -hmm. podcasts, listen to the interviews. There's thousands, thousands. If you if 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 you even if you say twenty percent of them twenty percent of them are not true, the other eighty percent you're going to pick up patterns. Yeah. There's behavior patterns. There's repeated behavior, repeated traits that just come back. Repeated anomalies. You know things that them swaying. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, throwing like you mentioned earlier, the temper tantrums. There's those repeated things that you hear over and over again that. If people are making this stuff up, it's not you're not going to it's not going to be all these repeated patterns from people across the, all over the globe. Right. You're not going to be picking up all these repeated th- uh, behaviors. And well, you can't, you can't deny it. Yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, to be truthful with you, um, it was it was Sasquatch Chronicles, and it was listening to uh, uh, Steve Estall's channel on uh, on YouTube, uh, HowToHunt.com, with all the emails that he reads. And it was listening to uh, other people's experiences that finally put two and two together for me as far as an experience that I had while I was out hunting. And I've gone into this on, on other episodes, so I, you know, and I, I think I even told Josh about just being paced uh, while, yeah. you know. And uh, shit, man, I, I thought it was a deer following me back to my, uh, my hunting stand. A deer doesn't follow you back to your your stand (laughs) and uh you know so after going and and listening to all these different accounts and other people's experiences that's when i started putting two and two together and it's like oh shit hey that's extremely similar to what i experienced yeah now could it have been a deer sure could it have been the landowner yep but when i turned around to look there was nothing there so yeah you know uh, you know, I, I guess everybody has to form their own truths, and uh, you know, I'm still not 100 percent sure what happened, but now I know yeah. it was odd, and it does line up mm-hmm. with a lot of things that I've heard, and that's why I think those uh, those channels and those videos, and you know, listening to people read these emails of other people's experiences are so um, so important to to getting. I don't know that we're ever going to get the truth, um, but at least you know when you, if you open your mind to this and and you do like spending time out in the woods and you enjoy camping and and those kind of things, at least you have something to to base your your current perceptions on. 
and, yeah. and things to look out for. And, you know, if your gut's telling you you shouldn't be in that area, man, listen to your gut because it's telling you that for a reason, yeah. you know, whether yeah, it's absolutely. a bear or a cougar or, you know, a, a thylacine, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, get the hell out of there. Yeah, for sure. You know, and one one thing I've learned is this 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 I mean, this is a lot more prominent than than I ever thought. You know, because uh, I don't know how many people I've talked to that found out I do this that have had similar what the story you just told me happen mm -hmm. to them. And usually in areas where I'm I'm knowledgeable that they're you know where we get a lot of reports or yeah. where we've even done research and. Um, uh, even one of one of my old bosses, you know, tell me a, a story that happened to him as a kid, and that back then that area would have been very wooded on a creek bottom. So it made total sense, you know. Um, and 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 not to mention people that hear you know a lot of people that hear these screams or these yells or these whoops or these tree knocks or breaking limbs, but you know don't put two and two together because they don't know these things exist so what do you do you rationalize yeah rationalize what is oh, was that you know deer somehow breaking that limb or <laughs> wishing that tree down you know um, well i've even told your son uh about you know my experience with what i think was uh mimicking an owl mm -hmm. um you know it didn't sound right it didn't sound like an owl should sound it sounded like somebody yeah. in the woods going Arr! you know yeah uh, you know, some kind of like yeah. a, a, a crow that is, uh, you know, out in the middle of uh, the yeah. Huron Manistee National Forest at midnight, one o'clock, doing a, a solitary call. Um, yeah. But there were three of them. There was one across the river, one behind us, and one in front of us. And, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, like the knocks. Um, in, in that instance that I'm talking about, um, there were three of us sitting at a campfire, and we had three owls going, arr, arr, arr. Yeah. and um, then the one guy, he got up and went and, and crashed out in his, uh, um, his hammock. And then there were just two of us sitting, two silhouettes of us sitting at the fire. And then after he had gotten up and gone and just the two of us being there, we heard two wood knocks. Oh, okay. And, you know, I started thinking, and then later that night I heard splashes in the, in the river, loud splashes in the river. Um, could have been fish jumping, but you know, that river was making a lot of noise and I don't know that you would have heard a fish breaching the water just to, to get a bug. Sounded, yeah, sounded yeah. like something was being thrown into the water and there that, that percussive, the whoosh, when it hit, right. you know, right. so I, yeah. you know, I'm laying there and I'm thinking in my hammock, you know, that there's a, a family of Bigfoot standing about 20 yards away from me, just staring at me and laughing at us. Um, <laughs> you know, I started thinking, you know, with those owl noises, were they counting? Were they counting because there were three of us at the, yeah. uh, at the fire, they could see three silhouettes. And then when we got one got up and, and left, now there were two of us. And now all of a sudden we hear two wood knocks. Yeah. You know, twice in succession, it was crack crack and then a couple of, i don't even know if it would have been a minute minute and a half later another whack whack you know were they were they counting is that is that their way of letting right. us know okay there were three now there's two right you know I, well, you're not the first person i've heard say that they think that's that's their theory as well you know so um yeah 
I don't know. I, I heard an owl, a barred owl, uh, one night. It's right across from us, and went from it started its normal sound. It didn't really sound like mimicking, but it ended up in a scream, <laughs> <laughs> a really loud, yeah. blood curdling scream. Wow. Yeah, went from an owl to that. So what do you, what are you guys taking out there to protect yourselves? Um, I'm just carrying a side. I carry sidearm. Um, nothing that would do me any good with one of those things, but uh, I feel a little better, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my, mine's a sidearm, a, a nine millimeter Ruger with hollow points. Um, and and I, I usually bring it out there because. Uh, not not so much for protection from from them, but for like in the UP, you've got wolves. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, and I think we got pigs. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. I mean, one, I think it gives you a little bit of a, a false sense of security uh, mm-hmm. if you do encounter one of these things. Uh, my my guess is you're probably going to find out quickly that that's probably not enough. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're going to be spending any amount of time out in the woods, uh, even here, you know, mid Michigan on up, um, you know, there's, there's wild creatures out there that, you know, can cause you harm. So exactly. Yeah. You got to be prepared. Yeah. We we usually all have side arms and then we got those big pigs down here. I want to run into that's That's really what I'm running that want to run into down here is the, the hogs. Yeah. But, uh, they'll slice you open with those tusks won't they yeah oh yeah yeah they, they're mean and uh i haven't run into any yet but i know a couple of people's been charged by them but uh yeah i, I guess they could deter you if, if if you if you run into sasquatch that's not being very friendly because they seem to know what they are and i've heard of you know i've heard situations where you point and they kind of back back off a little yeah. bit but yeah uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I am worried about that one if I shoot it, but I'm. I'm worried more about the three that are behind me. <laughs> There's a story a while back of a guy that ran into one face to face, and I, I don't think they knew. They just come around the corner and both saw each other. He didn't plan on shooting it, but he did point his gun at it and knew what the gun was. Got kind of ticked off at him. He put the put the rifle down and. And decided he's just walk off. So he turned around a little bit, and there was a big male standing right behind him. It was cut, sneaking up on him because he's pointing that gun at that other one. Yeah. So I, I think if he, you know, if it been a couple more minutes, he might have not made it through that. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to go back to this real quick, and then we'll wind things up here. Uh, I, I think you kind of, I think you kind of skated on me a little bit on on, okay. on what you think these things were. Or what they are. Um, um, I don't. I, like I said, I'm back and forth on that. I, I, I definitely believe they're part human. I believe they're they're human species, but I believe they're I, I, I believe they're part human, mixed with something, and I have no clue what what else. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um. Because they sure do seem to exhibit some human qualities. Yeah, they do. You know, that, and that, it, well, the it, intelligence it, is definitely there. The, lang- the language. Um, Have you ever? That, that's another thing. Have you ever experienced any uh, of the language? Uh, 
I haven't heard it, but we got it on uh, recording there in the UP on the on the UP uh, expedition. Yeah, we did. Now that 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 section uh, that you're talking about that was uh, that was highlighted in Jason uh, yes Kenzie's uh, documentary mm-hmm. um, part three, I think it is. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, and and part. when I heard that, I was like, "Ooh." That sounds just like the same vocal patterns as what Moorhead got up in the Sierras. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a real McCoy, I think. We had him. That was the first night we were out. I think, well, did, did he catch that on the second night? Josh, do you remember? Or was that the first night? Um, I, it, I, I don't remember. I know the recorder was left out there, so I, yeah. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, we had him. We, we, we were hearing the... I mean, undeniable screams that night, and um, they were coming to us. They came to us. I don't know how they knew we were out there. I guess they could hear us or somebody, or maybe one of them communicated it to them, but they were they were coming to us. We got Asha on that night. Uh, they were they were around, and Jason slept in a, across from us in a hammock, and I think he had, had one come up to him. I mean, he d- didn't see it, but it was it was close. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was a Sasquatch. And what we were doing is not something that typically people do out there. So I think we might have thrown them a loop and and, uh, tweaked that curiosity (laughs) for sure. That that was an interesting night. That was, and then the second night uh, I wasn't there. We had to leave, but is when Jason had actually witnessed that one doing that spider crawl. Yeah, he he was he was pretty freaked out about that 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 night. Uh, I remember because uh, I, I wasn't in the camp when that happened. I was I was back at the camper because I had a broken ankle, uh, and uh, I, my phone was blowing up. So I ended up going out there, going, "What's going on?" And that's when they uh, they, they took me out that direction. Yeah, but I mean, going back to their. I, I definitely think they're part human. I mean, they have language. They have so many human qualities. Um, they've been known to speak English. And, you know, they catch on. You hear them calling people's names because they, or they calling, catch on. calling somebody's dog's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of spooky. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is but, spooky. Uh, or baby yeah. crying. And they, yeah, and they know what they're, I mean, they obviously know what they're, they're saying. I mean, um, and some of the stories, you know, you know, and some going back again, going back to Native Americans, there's so many stories out there um, about them interacting with them, you know, trading with them and yeah. so forth. Yeah. And they just call them, you know, another tribe. Yeah. And yep. I think, I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you, when you boil it all down, um, I think when you go and you look into the, the first nations, uh, accounts of these things. I think you really got to pay a lot of heed to, to what they say. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's undeniable. They're pretty straight shooters. The native Americans, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, I can tell you they are real and they are out there. hundred <laughs> percent. How do you wrap your head around that though? I mean, you know, how do you, you know, you you well, you get a you got a fleeting glimpse of one. Um, one didn't step out and and face to face eyeball you from from toe to head. 
you know how well, how are me, you gonna how are you gonna wrap your head around that you know i me, I, I, think, th- I think about it a lot and it's like man i don't know i think i'm you know if that happened uh, that might break me yeah uh, for me i think it would it helped a lot that i was into the subject my entire life um and i i wholeheartedly believed that they were real mm-hmm. so uh, you know if it was somebody who's who isn't into the subject who was just out there for shits and giggles and they came across that i think it would be more of a a shock factor for them than it would be for somebody i agree yeah. who's who's been into the subject and uh, 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 who studied uh, you know because I, I was out there I was out there as a researcher not 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 just out there to hey take me out and see if we can see something kind right. of thing yeah. um, and and and, it, it, and and to build off of that it, you know it still freaked me out <laughs> it still freaked me out Um but I got over it a lot quicker than I think somebody who wasn't into the subject would. Um, because, like I said, I believe they were real. real. That just confirmed it for me. Yeah. yeah, I think I've experienced a little of that with people. You know, we have people that come out that decide they want to go out and field with us. That, they're, you know, they're kind of back, you know, they're kind of skeptical, you know. And we've taken them out where we had pretty a lot of activity. And you can tell... Their reactions are definitely different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I've 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 actually taken. Uh, he's now part of my group, but I've taken a, a, a friend of mine uh, who was interested in the subject but never been out in the field, and just being out in the dark, uh, it was really new for him, really nerve wracking for him. Uh, we we didn't really encounter anything, but uh, we did find some uh, structures, um, but. In the end, he ended up. It, it was really exciting for him. So it, you can really tell uh, the difference between somebody who's been doing it for a while and somebody who hasn't. Well, hell, you know, the, being out in the woods in the middle of the night—that in itself, yeah, yeah—that in itself can be a, a, a scary proposition. And uh, I've been out there by myself. Been out there by myself, and and sometimes I'll get home. And and I'll sit there and be like, "Am I stupid?" <laughs> well, if, Why did if, I do if that? you're asking, you said that because that's what I told you. Yeah. If if you're asking, I would say, "Yeah, you are yeah. stupid." <laughs> he, he took me but out to it, that spot that he went to, and I said, "Man, that was yeah, I went too smart." Go out there by yourself. But yeah, it's you know, I get I get into it and I get into the research and the excitement of it. And I just can't help myself sometimes, and I I just have to get out there and, and, and do my study. Um, you know, because you can't, you're not always going to have somebody that can go with you. Right. Uh, but I'm not I'm not saying that's what you need to go and do. I'd actually recommend you not go by yourself because you know that's how a lot of the missing four one one stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, you know, sometimes I just can't help myself. I just, I just like to get out there. Well, gentlemen, we're coming up on two hours here. Um, I I, I want to thank you both so much for for being on the show and sharing your sharing your stories and and the information that you've you've gleaned in your your years of uh, investigating. Uh, Josh, if you would, real quick for everybody, tell them where they can find your podcast and. Uh, 
where they can find your information if you're putting anything uh, evidence-wise out on the YouTube. And then, then Todd, you do the same for uh, TAPS. Okay. Well, you can find uh, the Hide and Seek. Uh, you, we have a website, uh, hideandseekarchives.com. Uh, you can find a lot of information there. You can also go to YouTube, which is also under Hide and Seek, and Facebook, uh, also under Hide and Seek. Uh, you can also find information on the Michigan Bigfoot Conference and Bigfoot and Brews through that information as well. And yeah, so for us, the best best place to go is Facebook and go to our, to our group to tap to the TAPS, Texas Acknowledgement Awareness and Preservation of Sasquatch group. And uh, we put all our media out there. Most of our media is out there. You can find, see the FLIR footage, the latest FLIR footage. We have actually two really good FLIR footage that we've gotten in the past year. And uh, they're both out there. We have uh, all the... Uh, a lot of the recorded, good recorded files are out there, and uh, photos and so forth. And and for those that are going to their uh, site to to look for this, Taps is T double A T A A P S. So, gentlemen, thanks so much for being with me tonight. It's been a pleasure, Todd. It was great to meet you. Great meeting, Josh. You. We'll see you soon. Yes, and, sir. Thank uh, you for having us. We'll do this again. Great. Looking forward to it. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.